Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Promising Practices for Meeting the Needs of Dually Eligible Older Adults with Substance Use Disorders. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on May 16, 2019. In this podcast, Dr. Louis Trevisan, Associate Professor of Psychiatry at Yale University, provides a background and overview of screening and treating older adults who are at risk or have substance abuse disorders. So substance use disorders among older adults are a growing concern. Um, you know, the age, uh, the baby boomers or the so-called silver tsunami is upon us. And uh, people who were born between 1946 and 1964 are, make up a large part of our population, and they were, of course, uh, exposed to much more um, substance use than uh, previous generations. And you can see that the uh, population of 50 and older with substance use disorders has doubled since 2006. Next slide, please. The duly eligible are um, uh, older adults uh, are at least two and a half times higher in terms of substance use disorders than Medicare only. So this is uh, very significant. Uh, the other issue is that uh, people who are older have more physiological problems, more chronic health conditions, uh, and they, you know, they may have more cognitive impairment. The takeaway is that duly eligible older adults are at increased risk. Next slide, please. We're going to be talking about um, three main substances uh, here, and uh, they include alcohol, opiates, and uh, tobacco. Uh, that doesn't mean that we uh, can't pay attention to the other uh, drugs that are uh, evident, including amphetamines, um, benzodiazepines and uh, marijuana, most notably. Uh, alcohol is something that uh, is commonly misused or used among this older generation. And uh, although it's decreasing, it was higher. It's now about 14.5% of older drinkers consume alcohol at a level above the recommended limit, which is uh, over 65 is one drink per day per either man or woman. Um, and then 3% uh, of uh, older adults uh, have an alcohol use disorder. Um, uh, next slide, please. Uh, in terms of opiates, you can see that 35% um, of adults that are aged 50 or older are, um, uh, you know, with chronic pain are uh, misusing their prescriptions and many of them have been started on opioid uh, prescriptions. As many of you know, uh, this is an endemic or epidemic in our society at this point. Um, duly eligible beneficiaries specifically have higher rates of opioid use, more so than Medicare only. And you can see the statistics there on the slide. Of note, between 2006 and 2015, among duly eligible adults 55 to 64, 28.1% um, were, you know, using opioids. So, and, uh, and in older, it's up to a quarter of the population. Uh, next slide, please. Um, I don't see the next slide. 
the use of tobacco among older adults is also a problem, and 14% of older adults uh, use tobacco in the past 12 months. Now, this is lower than in past years, but it still presents quite a, a, a significant public health problem and for the individuals that do uh, use tobacco. Duly eligible beneficiaries have, are much more likely to smoke uh, cigarettes and tobacco than Medicare-only beneficiaries. Next slide, please. Uh, when diagnosing, um, you know, uh, substance use disorders in older adults, it's important to note that the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual is geared towards younger adults. Uh, so please uh, pay attention to this slide in terms of looking at the things uh, that older folks may present with. They're not the classic things. So, uh, you know, strictly using DSM-5 criteria for older adults may not reveal problematic substance use. Um, they may no longer be working in the, in, in the workplace. Uh, they're living at home, uh, not getting out. They may not be driving, so there's no driving errors noted or DUIs. Um, they may not be cognizant of the fact that they are drinking more. Um, their withdrawal symptoms may be less pronounced than younger folks. Um, usual social indicators of impaired function are, are missing in older um, adults, so it's important to pay close attention to um, many social aspects of their life and medical aspects of their lives. Next slide, please. Um, this slide is interesting because it, it reminds me of my mom telling me a story once uh, when she was in her uh, early 80s uh, saying that, you know, when you get older, it's just not, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, she said things uh, start getting more difficult. It's more difficult to get around physically, do things that you used to be able to do. Uh, and, you know, it adds a lot of stress. Uh, people tend to be a little bit more isolated. Uh, so, you know, I, I mentioned to her, I said, gee, you know, you should join the senior center. And she said, well, that's for the old people. So not only do they uh, suffer some of the consequences of getting older in terms of the psychosocial and physical aspects, but their head is still thinking that they're 28 many of the times. So it's important to be sensitive to this issue. Next slide, please. Uh, those, uh, you know, people who are supporting older adults should look more closely at the indicators and signs of substance use disorder beyond and in addition to the, you know, conducting formal screenings. So, you know, covering physical, cognitive, social, and psychiatric issues, you know, being aware of those is very important. Um, I, I had a, a, a patient here who we videotaped for another uh, seminar once who uh, was, you know, had, was in recovery for alcohol use disorder, but was on methadone for pain, and he was in his late 60s. But he was having breakthrough pain, and he didn't want to tell his doctor uh, here at the VA where I work, and so he went to a private doctor and got extra oxycontin. Well, you know, he didn't really become sedated, but what happened was he started interfering with his memory. He forgot to eat, or he wouldn't eat enough, and he was diabetic, and he would bottom out on his sugar, and he would pass out. Uh, so this was a, it's, it's important to make sure that, you know, you cover all the aspects with uh, people that are older. Next slide, please. 
Okay. Uh, the centers uh, for the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment recommends that screening for substance use disorders be a part of the routine medical visit for everyone over the age of 60 years. Um, the alcohol screens that you can see up there, including the CAGE, the Audit C, and the, mass, the S-MAS-G are all excellent tools. The S-MAS-G can be given if somebody's waiting in the waiting room. It's a pencil and paper, a yes-no question of 10-question 10, uh, 10 paper assignment, um, and can give you good indication of what's going on. The uh, Audit C is a current evaluation of how people are drinking. The CAGE is historical. So you get a, quite a bit if you use uh, several of these. You get quite a bit of um, coverage. Uh, tobacco is most often uh, detected by just asking uh, the patient, or the patient's usually very, uh, the, the client is usually very willing to talk about their tobacco use. Um, opioids uh, are, uh, you can ask about those too, but the uh, screening tool for older persons potentially inappropriate uh, prescriptions, which is validated uh, in the elderly population, along with the S-MAS-G, um, the, the, the STOP uh, is uh, easily accessible online and can help you look at not only opioids but other potential interactions and inappropriate use of prescriptions in the elderly. Next slide, please. So, um, some tips to take, uh, you know, to the bank basically when you're working with older folks is um, don't be confrontational. I mean, you can ask them directly sometimes. Uh, you have to sort of feel it out, but non-confrontational approach works much better than a confrontational approach about uh, substance use. Um, refer to their overall health issues and 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 uh, and promotion of health. Um, Above all, don't be judgmental. Um, this will certainly turn somebody off, uh, especially if they're older and, uh, you know, they don't want to talk about uh, their issues if they feel like they're being judged. Um, uh, one of the ways to ask for it is, you know, are you having any unexplained medical issues? Could, could these symptoms that you're having, you know, be caused by your substance use? Um, so... Uh, you know, um, just be careful in terms of your approach and try to be more conversational uh, and less confrontative. Next slide, please. Now, getting uh, from screening to treatment, how to engage older adults is is uh, something that's, uh, it can be a little bit tricky and nuanced, but it often works. I mean, many older folks um, really do like talking to healthcare providers and caseworkers and docs. And, uh, you know, um, so, you know, suggesting that they try something new uh, after asking them about their, you know, substance use uh, can often help. I, I have an elderly guy who was drinking and, uh, you know, five or six drinks a day, and, he, you know, he's in his 70s, and he was you know, not doing well, isolating and doing that kind of thing. And I asked him to just start, you know, going to the senior center. And he actually, you know, he wasn't my mother, so he, he decided to take my advice. And he and he went and, um, you know, he started riding his bike. And now he's up to riding five miles a day, and he's cut down to a couple of drinks a day. So um, screening and then engaging in treatment involves a, a nuanced approach 
of trying to weave it into their everyday life and health. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, treatments and interventions for substance use disorders among older adults are uh, important. Uh, these uh, approaches, you know, apply across all three substances that we're talking about and can be used for other substances as well that we mentioned earlier. Uh, and, uh, you know, well, you know uh, different treatments work for different people. Uh, uh, there's no special adaption for, you know, uh, motivational interviewing or motivational enhancement to older adults. You just have to make sure that they're cognitively aware and able to function, uh, you know, uh, well enough in order to converse and figure out, uh, you know, what, you know, how alcohol or other drugs interferes with their, um, with their life and what's good and what's bad about it, that kind of thing. Um, use a slower pace with older folks that have cognitively slowed, uh, um, presentations or have minimal, cog uh, minimal cognitive impairment, but but uh, please be aware that you may get some pushback from folks who uh, take offense to that. Uh, but above all, be deferential and um, try to work with them around that. Uh, next slide, please. So, among you know, for for drinking alcohol, there's some several um, uh, approaches that work very well, including brief intervention. Uh, for at-risk drinking. And, um, you know, this often works very well uh, in the clinician's office, a caseworker's office, a doctor's office, uh, to sit with them two or three times uh, in, in successive visits for 10 to 15 minutes and, you know, talk uh, casually uh, and do, you know, provide education or assessment about their, about their use of uh, alcohol in particular. Um, developing motivational strategies helps. Uh, doc, you know, older folks, you know, while they, you don't want to confront them, they do take advice from the doctor and from healthcare providers much more seriously than younger folks, and it's unclear um, why that why that is. But they do seem to respond better to to um, advice. Uh, be supportive of their efforts. And forgiving and non-judgmental if they're struggling or if they have slips, uh, this is all part of normal recovery from any substance use. Uh, it's hard for people to be totally abstinent uh, right off the bat. So um, next slide, please. This is just a uh, an acronym. I'm not an acronym type person, but um, it helps people remember what to do in a, in a brief intervention. Uh, it's titled Frames, and you can see what the, the letters stand for. Feedback, responsibility, advice, menu of options, and, you know, I don't know why anybody would need to be reminded to be empathic, but maybe they just needed to do that to round out frames, but remind you that, you know, to be, you know, try to put yourself in their position and understand what life is like for them as well. Uh, so, but it's useful to help you remember in the situation. Next slide, please. Pharmacological treatments, uh, this is my uh, specialty. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here. You can see that the, there are uh, useful medications for the three um, uh, substances that we're talking about uh, listed on the slide. 
Uh, note, though, that, you know, it's not just a medication-assisted treatment that works. It should be combined with non-pharmacological treatment. Uh, so, you know, trying, talking, being supportive, helping with the meds, uh, you know, helping uh, understand the medications and how they work. And above all, when, you, when you're using these medications, uh, if you're a prescriber or, you know, or if you're somebody who's working with them, and you want to make sure that they start on a low dose uh, uh, of the medication and know that there is a possibility that they will interact with some of the other medications that they're on. Uh, next slide, please. Key takeaways uh, for tailoring services to older adults with substance use disorders, uh, diagnosis and screening. You know, duly eligible older adults are at an increased risk uh, of experiencing substance use disorders and the associated adverse outcomes. They're really the most vulnerable. Look for indicators beyond the classic diagnostic and statistical manual five. This is purely a classification instrument. What you need to do is get to know the patient, the, the older person. Excuse my use of the word. I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, make sure that you look at physical, cognitive, and social aspects of their lives. Recognize that physical health conditions may be a side effect of substance abuse. Always suspect substance abuse. Next slide, please. Uh, engagement strategies, build rapport, discuss substance use. Don't be judgmental. I mean, substances are around. They're everywhere. People have been using them all their lives. Um, and uh, this particular generation had a big exposure uh, in the younger days. And, um, you know, if a cognitive impairment is, is, is evident, uh, it, it, ask them to repeat back what you've uh, said to them, make sure they understand what's going on. Brief interventions work, advice seems to work for older folks. And, you know, combining pharmacological and non-pharmacological treatments works best. Um, and that's it. Oh, if you're going to use medications, start low, go slow, but keep going. Um, until they, you know, until you get, you know, until it, you're in a therapeutic range. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.